Channeling Spirit Virtual Summit, a platform where we have invited spirit to share messages, healings, and transmissions with all of us. May this energetic experience help us to expand our awareness and to deepen the relationship we have with our higher self, our spiritual team, and with Source, however we define them. Thank you for being here and for taking part in this amazing journey. So welcome back to the Channeling Spirit Virtual Summit. We are on uh, day two, season two. Uh, this is episode five with Denise Monge. She specializes in what I refer to, and this is entirely, please correct me if I'm wrong, but she specializes uh, with uh, our companion animals. Um, it's an area that she loves to play with. I know that she does a bunch of other stuff too, but a lot of her work tends to be focused around our our, our companions. Um, I don't like to use the term pet because pet seems to imply ownership and we do not own our companions. Uh, I love the term animal companions for that reason is because they're here as part of our family. Um, and so I love the idea of, of animal companions as opposed to pets. Um, but that's just me. That's just my personal thing. Um, but anyway, there's some things that I want to share about Denise, which if the conversation leads us in that direction, uh, will come up. I've already gotten her permission to put her on the spot, which I love. Um, but I will let her introduce herself to you guys. Uh, Denise was part of our last season panel discussion. Uh, so this is the second time that she's been part of our little project here. Uh, so thank you again for being part of that, Denise. Welcome back. And uh, I will let you introduce yourself and then we'll go from there. Beautiful. Well, I see a lot of friendly faces here. So thank you for joining us here today. You, your animal companions. I love that we're starting off with a, discuss with a discussion around language um, because language matters. And um, I will, I'll, I'll be controversial and say for me, um, I think language is really important in how you relate to it. Being bilingual as well, I have a lot of different associations with words, with the root of Latin words versus how they play out in English. But to me, pet always equates to being particularly cherished. Um, and I think our animal companions, or if we call them pets or fur babies, you know, whatever we want to, we, however we want to explain these amazing little souls in our lives, pick a word that works for you. It might be pet, it might be animal companion, it might be little one, it might be my baby. Um, but for me, pet has always kind of been something that that spoke to me as, as very cherished and sweet and kind. So I'm actually the founder of Pet Prana. <laughs> and Pet Prana is, um, it, it specializes in training our animal companions because traditional training is really important. Um, but we don't discount the energetic connection with our animal companions. It's really important that, um, you know, when we're looking at our pets, you know, physical behaviors or what's going on in their physical bodies, that we also consider what is it speaking to in the broader energetic patterns in our lives? So that's kind of, you know, I, I describe myself as the founder of Pet Prana, as a dog trainer, a pet intuitive, but always a pet groupie um, because I just am such a fan of who they are, what they are, their spunkiness, their sweetness, their personalities, and how they enhance our lives in so many amazing ways, which we'll probably be diving into a little bit more here today. 
So I have no idea of what we're going to be sharing and what's going to be coming through, and and neither does Denise. And and so this is always a, a lot of fun for us to play in this experience. If you guys have any questions, um, feel free to raise your hand or put the the questions in the chat. Uh, this is an interactive conversation. This isn't just about me and Denise having a conversation, and you guys are just the listeners. This is a collective environment. Um, and so please feel free to participate uh, as much as you would like. Um, so anyway, having said that, Kiara has her hand raised. So let's <laughs> yes. let's go there. I have already a question. Um, I don't know. Kiara, uh, <clears throat> are you okay? Uh, Before you ask the question, are you okay if I put you on video? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I never had a pet in my life. But I am always attracted to the animal. And I was wondering, there is a new trend around about using the, the button to make the animal do uh, mm -hmm. a sentence. Yes. And I was wondering from someone who has a different perspective than the rest of us, if that can be useful and respectful of the animal, or if that's just for us? That's such a great question. This is something that I've been interested in for a very long time. Ever since I started in dog training, one of my mentors is a Brazilian dog trainer who was kind of, you know, the Cesar Milan of Brazil, but with positive reinforcement. And in his, his like thesis to get his master's degree, he actually developed that similar thing. And for anyone who's not familiar with what Kiata is describing, you might've seen it on social media and videos. There's a bunch of buttons on the floor. And when pushed, it says a word like walk, treat, love, you, me. Um, and so what, what a lot of trainers have been doing with their animal companions is they're teaching them to use it. Um, what was really cool is when I connected with this guy, Lissandri Hossi, and, you know, the Brazilian trainer, we actually spoke to his dog in Brazil via Skype from New York City using that, which was a lot of fun. One thing I will say, though, as I dive deeper, it is incredibly Pavlovian. So it's a fun training exercise. It's great mental stimulation. It's great enrichment for our animal companions. You know, they learn when they press this one, treat comes. But if you notice, they tend to be in the same spot. So it's not so much that they're learning the words or how to construct sentences. They're learning orders, sequences, and games, which... I love for the mental enrichment. That's so important. It's a fun activity for pet parents and pets to do together. But to me, I think it shows a little deeper our desire to communicate with our animal companions. And as pet parents, we never give ourselves enough credit for being so telepathic or empathically linked to our animal companions. Odds are you are communicating on a daily basis with your animal companions. Being one of the most intimate and honest relationships in our lives, we know when their ear goes like that, what it says. We know when they look at us a certain way, what they're saying, or even if they're just staring at us, we tend to get hits telepathically or empathically about what's going on. Um, so I would encourage if you're interested in that machine and you think it's, it's something that's been coming into your awareness, consider maybe it's the universe saying it's time to open up to animal communication a bit more deeply. And Kiata, for you in particular, 
I'm similar. I never had a pet growing up and I still don't have a pet of my own. So for me, animals in the wild or even my friends' pets, family's pets or clients that I train, I can be sitting on my couch or going on a walk on the beach and they come to me and they communicate. Um, And animals in the wild in particular are very um, unique ways to communicate with us because we tend to be communicating with the collective and collective of animal companions are incredibly powerful at healing and shifting through big energy and patterns. So whatever animal in the wild might be, you know, uh, getting your attention these days, Go deeper into the animal symbolism. What did other cultures think of these animals? What's the history, folklore, mythology? And then what's your personal experience with it? And just kind of uh, be with it and see what messages come through. Because we all are animal communicators. It's just about trusting it. But I love that we start off with such a cool question. I want to add a little bit to that. Um, A little while ago... um... As I started learning about channeling and getting interested in that side of developing my own skills, I was curious about this idea that animals communicate telepathically and we as human beings have telepathy designed into our structure. So we are telepathic beings as well. Unfortunately, again, our society has not allowed us to develop that and puts us in different directions, Um, but that's a different conversation altogether. But being interested in this idea of telepathy, I came across a bunch of people that have PDFs and training programs that help you to learn how to be telepathic with your pet. And I was wondering if that's something that you do as well. Mm-hmm. Well, in every reading that I do with animal companions, um, a lot of times there's a lot of validation. You know, the pet parents will ask me something and then the answer will come through and they'll be like, I totally knew it. I'd be like, see, that's the perfect question, perfect answer as that validation that you are indeed listening, hearing, feeling, sensing, knowing what it is that they're talking about. So our animal companions and my flavor of animal communication has been very much about empowering the pet parents in their own skills, their purpose, their connection with their animal companions. Um, You know, a couple things that I would advise any pet parent who says, you know, I, I just don't feel that connected or I'm not sure I'm getting the messages. The first thing is understanding how you receive the messages. Do you feel it? Is it more sensorial that you just kind of know what they're feeling? Is it something where you hear things? Maybe you're, you're thinking about a situation with your animal companion and maybe you hear something as if a, you know, there was a narrator in the room, or maybe you even hear something that jumps out of you out of a song that you're listening to on the radio or something that you just pick up from the TV. Um, a lot of people are clairnostic. They just know and they can't explain how they know. The way I like to speak about clairnostic is sort of like, how do you know your telephone number or your birthday? You just know it, right? You didn't have to like memorize it. Um, some people are a lot more visual. Some people, if I asked you, what's your birthday, you see it written out, you know, and that's how you, you kind of transmit things. So I would say to any pet parent, feel into which way you're telepathic. There's not just one way to receive messages. It's how do you welcome those messages? Are you more visual? Are you more audio? Are you more kind of sentient? You feel it more. Um, and go with that. And the biggest way that I learned to discern what's my voice versus a message coming from the outside is the stickiness. If it's my own thought, it tends to be pretty fleeting. It kind of goes in and out. 
if it's an animal companion's thought, feeling, emotion, or message, it tends to stick in there until I deliver it. And it's kind of like an annoying little gnat sometimes. I'm like, why is this not going away? I'm like, oh, okay, got it. I got to deliver it. And then later that day, I'll have a reading and it's like, oh, got it. That's who this was meant for. And I'll deliver it and then it's gone. So different ways to play with it are going to be important. And also just, you know, setting the expectation that different people receive messages differently. And um, if you tend to be more visual in life, more creative, more audience, more, you know, about motion or, or feelings or senses, that's probably a good place to start. Beautiful. Love it. And so we have a couple questions that are already coming through. Are you okay going straight to... Uh, into those i love it yeah all right so uh henke and i apologize if i'm mispronouncing your name i know that you're in the netherlands and my dutch is is not very good uh henke has a cat that's happy she's wondering uh is my cat happy here where i live with a neighbor cat in her space who's aggressive towards her being a quite sensitive and universal cat i'm protective towards her and cuddly she is 14 now, still strong, but throwing up sometimes and feeling, seeing, and kind of taking over a lot. I love that. So, um, perfect question. So, as we go in and we do readings, the best way, the, the richest information that's going to come through is by telling me your pet's name, if it's a dog or a cat or, or something else. And kind of giving me something specific of what's going on. We don't tend to get rich information with what does my pet want me to know. Um, so this is a perfect question. Thank you so much for that. And I will also just kind of add in the blanket statement that different animal communicators get different sorts of information. Some get, I like this ball or this toy or this food. Others get a lot of um, medical information about what's going on with their pets what really tends to come through for me is what's going on in the pet's world that's reflecting what's going on in the human's world with their relationships, patterns, gifts, or purpose. Um, because when we understand those and can go deeper with ourselves, we vibe higher and so can our pets. So this is perfect. One thing that immediately jumps out at me as I'm, um, as I'm looking at this question here in the chat is how much five energy there is. There's a lot of amplified five energy. With Haneke, it's the double ends in your name, your cat's 15, that's five in numerology. So there's a lot of this adventurous purpose and a lot of dolphin energy, interestingly enough, coming through. We know we don't usually equate dogs and cats with, um, with dolphins necessarily, but the dolphins in this case have a lot of that serious energy coming through, serious as in the star, which is really cool because we're in Lionsgate and that's you know a really big star alignment that's in our world right now. One thing that's coming on is your, your cat is definitely happy. Um, that's that's going to be a lot of those questions that the pet parents ask. And it's like, yes, of course, they're happy because they're fulfilling their purpose. And your cat's purpose with you is about helping create um, big waves and making them more gentle as they approach the, ener the energetic field in your community and your surroundings. So this is also why there's a, there's a little bit of this aggression toward her because she seems to be a neutralizer. And so she neutralizes that intense energy, that strong energy. And, and when it runs through her, it becomes more harmonious, um, more or gentler and um, more palatable, for lack of a better word, for the environment and, and our surroundings. And she's saying this is also something that you do. 
So between your cat and you, Hanukkah, you might find that people sometimes like out of the blue come and like kind of unleash energy on you or dump energy on you. And then you both are really wired to process it almost like an energetic filter so that it comes out on the other end, softer, more gentle, and more Aquarian-like is the energy that they're talking about. So that's what's going on there. Excellent. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> there's a couple people that have their hand raised. Um, I know that, uh, and we will get to you, there was a couple questions that were asked uh, mm -hmm. in the chat beforehand. So Sherry is wondering if Denise can ask Bailey, her sweet cat, uh, if her sweet cat would like a companion, either a cat or a dog, or if she prefers the way that it is. So Sherry, I love that question. Um, what Bailey is actually more interested in is that same thing for you. So um, she wants that, that sweetness, the companionship, the partnership, the sense of someone who's just like by your side, you don't have to talk to, is just there kind of sitting with you, holding your hand, looking over and smiling at you um, on the couch. That's what she wants for you. So if that, it looks like it's in, the, in terms of bringing a new human into your home, she's down with that. If it's looking like bringing, she prefers another cat versus a dog, another cat into the home, she's okay. But she wants you to have this extra companionship. And what she's saying, it's, it's not because um, she doesn't think she's enough. She knows she's enough, but there's something else that um, another partner can bring to you. And there's something really in interesting about a trifecta in the energy as well. It kind of helps everybody up level and gives everybody almost like if you look at the shape of a pyramid, um, it gives each of you guys something to lean on each other. Whereas with two, it's a bit more lopsided, but the third energy, it kind of becomes more stable um, and more self-sufficient, almost like I see the energy running through uninterrupted. Um, so that's really beautiful. She's open to another cat, another, you know, pet or another human coming into the relationship, but there's room for more is what she's saying. Beautiful. Uh, the next question <clears throat> Let me go back. Sorry, I'm scrolling up and down. Uh, the next question is from Gillian, who says, one of my other babies seems to be anxious and licks a lot and is losing hair in spots. She is so loved, but I'd like to know what is making her so anxious. Mm -hmm. I love that. And so um, I'm going to encourage everybody as you're adding in um, the questions. I know some of them were early on. It's helpful to add their names. Pebbles. Her name is Pebbles. Pebbles. I love that. Okay. So what I was getting is 33 and 22 energy. So master vibrations. So right now what's going on with pebbles, what's kind of going on in your world is the amplification of bigger, higher frequencies coming in. Everybody's stepping into the master vibration of who they are. So Gillian, for you, you're tapping deeper into that 33 over six energy, which is that cosmic galactic, you know, kind of bigness of the energy that's coming in. And so for Pebbles, she's learning to hold that space, that 22 over four energy, which is kind of like the foundation, the base in love. So she's holding the grounding so that you can kind of expand up into that 33-6 galactic energy. So for her, it's less about the anxiety. The licking is more to ground her. She's reminding herself, stay in your body, stay in your body, stay in your body, ground, 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 ground. So one thing that, that she's showing could be helpful is if you put down a mat 
Um, something that has a sensation. It's interesting. If she was a dog, I'd say like a cooling mat, but that's not quite what she wants, but just something that feels grounding, that feels a bit weighted um, to help her kind of help ground her in that energy. Um, so it's not anxiety. It's, um, you know, the, the sense of excitement when something big is happening and it might be like not this comfortable, yay, excitement energy. It's just like, oh my gosh, big things are happening. The shifts are here. Wow. Okay. Here we go. It's like before you go on a roller coaster, you're super excited about it, but you've got a little bit of the butterflies. So help ground her if you're comfortable, um, you know, using your hands, using your hands to kind of anchor in energy. Oh, good. You already do. Perfect. Perfect validation. Um, right around her first chakra is going to be incredibly helpful too, even if it's above or just sending the energy with the intention um, of reaching her first chakra, that's going to be helpful. And a friendly reminder to anyone who's kind of playing with using their hands or sending energy to their animal companions. I always like to set the intention before one of those, you know, grounding sessions or energetic transfers saying you have free will. You can take on as much or li as little of this energy as you'd like, um, because we always want to respect them as well, but how exciting. And I don't know if the, the galactic stuff has started trickling in for you yet, but I just see like, um, golden coats just coming down, um, almost like, uh, sometimes in those stock stock footage or like in movies, you see like codes running down as opposed to like computer stuff. Um, but I just see that gold coming down, showering down on you, which very cool being that it's Lionsgate. This is our, our connection to like the sun, the cosmos, the galactic, uh, trifecta. So very cool. Great. Thank you. Ah, that. So we have quite a few questions in the chat, but we also have a few hands raised. So Deborah, I did see your question. I will get to you shortly. Let's go over to Jill, who raised her hand. If you can unmute yourself. Hi, it's so nice to see you. Uh, Denise, I can listen to you all day long. I mean, you really are just amazing to me. Jill, <laughs> before you get started, are you okay if I put you on video? Absolutely. Yes. Anything for Denise. <laughs> Aw, thank you. So um, the last time I asked you a question, um, you very quickly went into something about my cat Buddha saying, well, Buddha was doing some healing work. And you kind of blew open my world when you said that because it was like, oh, right. Of course he's doing healing work. Like I think of like, because I do healing work, but then it was like, oh, and it started to like get me to a whole nother level of understanding him just by you saying that. So I've been communicating with him more. You know, I realized how intertwined we are, how he takes on, you know, I, I noticed this years ago that a lot of people, if their pets have a medical issue, the parents have the same one. And I realized that he was doing like cleansing for me and taking things on from me. So one of the ways I just want to mention, because you were talking about the communication, is I literally in the last week just started using a pendulum so that I could get some yes or no questions about what he might want from me. Um, doing an animal communication class, because I would love to take that with you. Oh my goodness. Well, oh my goodness. Well, the best way that I recommend doing it, you're already doing it, right? So um, 
you know, what, what comes to mind is, you know, like the reason why the first course, the animal companions, um, dropped in with me was healing with chakras. And this is where people and their pets, they go through, we go through, you know, week by week, and we look at a pet's behavior, specific chakra, the limiting beliefs associated with each of them. And we go through and we spend the week kind of looking at how your pet's reflecting, whether you need to clear some, or maybe you're doing awesome at some of them. And so um, that seven week course, of course, you know, goes through each of the chakras and the themes. Now, one thing I'll say is the best way to open animal communication, the reason this was the first is because when we clear our energetic clutter, for lack of a better term, we're able to be more open and welcome in more information. It's like clearing our home, you know, it's that whole philosophy of uh, when you're looking at your closet, if you're bringing in new clothes, take, you know, two out so that there's room for that. So you've been doing that. Um, One thing that uh, Buddha is saying First of all, he's saying, you don't need a course. You've got this. You're doing it. What you need to do is accelerate what you are doing. Keep going deeper. Taking a course for you and so many people out there um, just derails you. It's it's one of those things where it's like then you're following someone else's you know process and path and, and framework. And for some people, it's helpful. But for you in particular, Buddha's like, oh, <laughs> scrap that. One thing that you guys are lining up on, and it's so interesting, the second we connected, I saw it, you and Buddha line up at the third chakra. And at that third chakra, it's got that beautiful yellow light, that yellow light, and that light is illuminating, it's healing, it's knowledge, it's wisdom, and it's connection to the sun. So with Lionsgate, this is perfect. You're in it. You're in the energy. And Buddha has a huge connection with lions. Um, This isn't the first time I believe he's brought up lions. So go with that. And cowgirl, who is not one to be left out, um, she says your connection is more around the greens, the heart. So when she does the healing, it's funny because Buddha is your number one kind of like healing partner. You guys work together in the healing. But Buddha sends for, it's so funny. She says, uh, cowgirl sends for blessing is the way she says it. And it's a heart blessing. It's this green, emerald, beautiful energy that comes and envelops you guys in the work you're doing. So the three of you are functioning on this and they want you to visualize visualize that deeper. Go deeper with the colors, your process, how you're communicating, because you don't need to learn from anyone else. You're learning from the master, which is Buddha. I got I got chills. <laughs> that message from Buddha was solid. Oh, Jill, I muted you because of the echo, so you're muted. I, I mean, I have the chills. I mean, I want to cry. That is just so beautiful and so so much more profound than anything that I I could ever have heard you say. That is just you're just amazing. I I love you and I thank you for these beautiful beautiful messages. Well, thank you. I'm just translating it from your higher self and from Buddha. So this is all energy that you're anchored in. So thank you for sharing that with us. They're, they're so amazing, our animal companions. They bring in such beauty. Thank you, Jill. Hopefully you heard that between the echoes. Uh, Mary, I will get to you shortly. Uh, Deborah, hi, Denise. Good to see you. Wanting to affirm to Katie that we are leaving the farm shortly and returning to relocate in Seattle with her BFF, Raja and Robin. 
Hooray. Deborah, that's amazing. I feel like you've been trying to get to Seattle. That's kind of been a a destination, like a, a heart point for you. And that is perfect. And I love that coming off of cowgirl and that beautiful emerald green energy. We're going right into Deborah and that Seattle and the Pacific Northwest vibe. Um, so with Katie, let me tap into her a little deeper because she's actually, she's acting a little shy today, which is interesting. So there's actually a tranquility to Katie, which is, which is fascinating. She feels like she's collected the things that she needs to. Um, it's interesting. She almost shows me with like, um, a, a little medicine pouch, a la, you know, Native Americans where she's, you know, been collecting things along the journey and putting them in this little medicine pouch and she's kind of tightening it. And she, it seems she's ready to go. What she's going to ask you to do is something I would recommend to any pet parent who's moving with pets. Speak to her like you would a three or five-year-old. All right, little one, day two, we're packing up. In 48 hours, we're heading out. New adventure, new part. And what I'm going to ask you to do, because this is what she's asking for you to do, is visualize the dreams and hopes that you have for this new move, this new um, occupation, um, you know, this new uh, chapter in your life and bring them in. So that when you're driving, it's almost like you're pulling, you're pulling toward it. It's like a rope that you're climbing. So you're getting to these dreams and they're part of the journey. So as you're pulling these ropes of these hopes, these dreams, these intentions, it's like you're pulling them into your heart. You're pulling them into your heart. It's a very strange, like 80s jazzercise exercise they're having you do. Um, but visualize what you're hoping for this next chapter and pull it in as you're speaking to her. I don't know why it sounds a little, you know, out there, but it's something that she's asking you to do. Um, I think also on some level that helps anchor in the energy of this new spot for her along the way. So that by the time she gets there, she's acclimated. Um, but this is so exciting. What a wonderful move and what a wonderful, um, you know, opportunity to, to go somewhere fresh and new. Um, thank, thank you both very much. I think we're, uh, that's affirming to me as well, because, um, we are both, um, I think feeling the, uh, impending coda, um, we've done our work with the land here as always, and have had such a fun time and been so welcomed, um, and are now being wished well, you know, to move on to our next adventure. We actually flew up. It was first time Katie flew. We flew up in Bath to Seattle to do a cat sit. And by the time the seven weeks was over, um, I had figured out how to sustain going from my rural life to a city life for a, a period of time, because ultimately, you know, we, we want to be stewards of our own land. But she was just absolutely amazing going from working farm dog to urban dog. She had so much savvy. And then she ended up finding, and we found, um, new best friends. So. 
I love that. That's so fantastic. And her being so dynamic and adaptable and open to new experience is a true testament to you, not only with the traditional training, but all of the energy and how you approach life. So, you know, that's not a small thing. That's a huge thing for pet parent to provide that security, that comfort, that diversity in life. And what a partner, what an adventure you guys are on. Um, and the other thing also that they're saying is the whale songs. Start playing the whale songs, um, uh, you know, as you're kind of preparing the transition because they're there holding that space for you. And there's a bigness, but a gentleness to that whale energy. Um, so I love that. And a lot of folks say that with um, the Sirius star system, um, the whales are Syrian. So again, that nothing is by accident. And with that eight, eight portal and Lionsgate, it's all about that Sirius star. So beautiful. Thank you for anchoring in the whales for us all. I love that. Thank you very much. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Yes. Keep us posted on how it's going. Thank you, Deborah. Uh, and Mary, I will be with you in a moment. Uh, Don, my puppy Thea, nine months, is scared around other animals and people. What do I need to do for her? Mm, beautiful, Don. So I, I, I believe it's Thea. I, I want to pronounce it Thea, um, which is important just because of the vibration of the name. So if you are calling her Thea, Don, you might want to start with Thea. It feels more empowered. It feels more regal. And that hard T feels more, um, more contained within, um, more pointed, I think is, is the energy we're talking about. It's really interesting because nine months, again, you know, when we look at traditional training, nine months around the eight, nine month mark, a lot of puppies are going through a fear imprint period. So it's not uncommon for them to all of a sudden become a bit more trepidatious about their surroundings or people around them. So this is going to be a really big opportunity for you and Taya to do some traditional training and desensitization where you find a place that gives space for Taya. You sit with her and as, you know, animals or people go by, where's your buddy? Yes, here's an amazing treat. And it's going to be a 10 out of 10 treat. Um, like cheese or turkey or something that she's like really excited by. Um, and you'll do that a few times throughout the day. This is also going to be wonderful because it's a bonding experience for you guys. She gets your full undivided attention. Um, and that, you know, from a traditional standpoint, that's going to be incredibly helpful to build her confidence. Um, the other thing I would consider as well, Don, is how do you view, you know, people around you, people in our proximity, you know, at starting, you know, from 2020 has been a mixed bag, right? People coming into our proximity might be carrying something, you know, there's been a lot of kind of discord, a lot of uh, friction between people with different beliefs. So how can we also do some work as we're working with Taya, work healing around that perception of strangers or others coming into our space? Um, you know, as we move into this new Aquarian era, we're still dealing with a lot of the Piscean dynamics. And a lot of that has to do with when my boundaries are invaded, especially as a female, as you and Taya are, um, you know, the male energy has taken, has taken liberties, has violated. So as you work with Taya, set the intention also of working through collective boundary issues in that regard. Um, and that way, not only are you helping Taya, but you're doing um, some really beautiful healing work for the collective. 
And I'm just staring at her name right now. If you see, I'm not looking to cameras because I'm looking at her name in the chat. And it's a beautiful, perfect name. Um, there's something about the vibration. So I'm actually interested how you came up with that name. There's something really special and inspired by it. Um, so I'm going to leave it at that for now. Thank you for that. And Mary, if you want to unmute yourself, and are you okay if I put you on video? Or... Cannot hear you, Mary. We're you're you're unmuted, but we're not hearing you. Now you're muted. Still can't hear you. I can see that you're unmuted, but I still can't hear you. Can you put your question in the chat and hopefully we can get, get to you that way? Sorry, Mary, I'm going to move on. Henke, are you okay coming on? She just turned off her video, so maybe she went away. Okay, so that brings us into... Oh, Henke is back. If you can, un there you Hello? go. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Welcome. Hi. Um, sorry that I I was just uh, watching a photo as well. Um, I um, thank you for giving me a bit of time because uh, I don't know if everybody has already asked their question or something, but I just wanted to give a reply on the beautiful um, uh, the channeling uh, Denise gave me because I. Uh, M5 of Life Path, and uh, she was talking about that. And uh, my cat book was really lying here beside me uh, when she was talking really against me, which she isn't doing like this normally. So she was feeling uh, the energy because normally she's always coming when I'm chanting or meditating or doing something in this kind of spaces. She loves that. And um, yeah, I wanted to thank you. Um, for it because i i really appreciate this beautiful space and uh, the message so thank you beautiful and there's something else coming through that she wants to bring through with you which is a connection with the whirling dervishes i believe it's uh rumi or, or in turkey but the whirling dervishes they used to chant and go in circles um with those beautiful robes and in so raise the vibration of the space so if you haven't read Rumi poetry lately, dive into it. Um, look into a little bit more about the whirling dervishes. There's a very beautiful connection that you have energetically with that practice, that um, culture, that spirituality. And this is why you're neutralizers. I don't know if it was a past life or alternate reality that you were part of that or involved with that or that spoke to you. But that's part of, you know, this isn't your first time neutralizing the no. energy. So Yeah, and I, actually I'm listening to podcasts where she is normally always using the last card from Rumi. And then I was always like, okay, let's listen because that is usually very profound. So I know it from there. And I've been to Turkey and I saw them like twisting. And I was like, what is this for a amazing, what are these men doing? And the neutralizing, I'm a bit like... Yeah, I, I, I am doing that, but sometimes I'm like, 
it's exhausting as well. So I, I'm like, why am I always <laughs> getting these things in my space? And the like message, how the message for you. And I love, see, this is exactly what I was talking about in the beginning, where they'll bring through messages to validate that you're on the right, your intuition was right on with Rumi. Okay, I'm going to listen. Turkey, what's my connection there? So part of what they're inviting you now to do is you're very good at neutralizing in a circular energy, right? You can get it, you filter it, and it goes out. What they're inviting Mm -hmm. you to do is learn with the whirling dervishes how to go spiraling up. Because when you spiral up, you can go into a higher realm, dimension, you know, stratosphere energetically, and you don't feel it. You actually get replenished as the centrifugal force is doing its action here on the 3D. So this is the time to start learning how to spiral up as you're processing energy. So you get replenished as well, instead of being in it. Yes. Thank you. Yes, because also for my cat, it's sometimes quite heavy, all these these dense atmospheres. So that's not an easy task uh, all the time. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That, that was everything I needed to, uh, wanted to say. Well, thank you for that message. I love that. I love anytime we can connect in with whirling dervish energy. <laughs> it's not every day, right? <laughs> so we're going to okay. go back to... Thank you very much, Henke. We're going to go thank back you. to Mary. I see that you've got a headset on. So let's try you again we can it i can hear a distorted sound not coming through unfortunately mary so sorry again if you can put your question in the chat and we can get to you that way um so the next question in the chat is margot who is saying flor is our family dog sorry our female dog nine years old with us in September last year. She is on her own. We always had more dogs, but as she has always been on her own, we doubt, we doubt of getting a second dog. And can you, is this in the chat? It is. Yeah. Who wrote it? Margot. Margot. Got it. Oh, beautiful name. Nine years old. I love that. Nine years old. We had nine months. We've got a lot of nine energy coming up. And she's been since September. How interesting. Uh, so she's on her own. But we always had more dogs, but she's always been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one thing that we would, uh, what I'm getting from Floyd is not now, um, maybe next year. Um, nine for her and with all this nine jumping out, nine is that number of completion of stepping more fully into your purpose. And our purpose, by the way, is not only for us to step more fully in our purpose, our animal companions come with soul purpose as well, which oftentimes is to help us, you know, kind of reach the highest point we can in this lifetime. So nine tends to be a critical year to kind of solidify all that to bake it in, to really kind of up-level, step up, finish old chapters that are ready to be closed, and only then can we start new ones. So if you've got a dog right now, it just feels like it's the timing isn't quite right. Trying next year around September, um, it feels uh, like a better option. Because right now, Floyd is saying, we're, we're good for now. Let's not add anything because this is kind of our, our victorious final lap 
this is our celebration. This is the time for us to really look at everything we've accomplished and exalt it is the word she's using, which is interesting. Um, so I would say hold off until September of next year. Oh, sorry. I didn't realize that I hadn't muted. So I'm sorry if you heard my typing. Um, the next question is from Annie. Uh, she couldn't raise her hand. Uh, she couldn't find the button. So Annie, if you want to unmute yourself. Hi there. Thanks, Daniel. Are you okay if I put you on video? Yeah, that's fine. Thank you. Hi, Daniel. Hi, Denise. Um, so I... Uh, was part of a group that helped um, a very special horse uh, cross on last Friday. And I was kind of his special friend at the end of his life. He was 31 years old um, when he left. And I was able to find back in the winter, his original owner in Belgium, when I did an honoring ceremony for him. I've been doing those at an equine center I'm working at. Um, so I asked him if he would you know, feel like we have more to do together. I know he's quite relieved, I believe, to have left his aging body in this extreme heat. Um, but I tend to take on, I took on some of his inflammation in the past. I've taken on another elder horse's, you know, abscessed tooth. And so um, I asked him if that was something he could maybe work with me with. And I'm just curious anything you could share. He's, his name was Chardon. He was 31 and just the sweetest beautiful teacher. <laughs> Chardon has, um, has earned his Pegasus wings is the way he shows it. Um, and so there's something really interesting about this notion of earning his Pegasus wings. Um, he said that, um, first of all, your connection is undeniable and undying are the words that he uses. And so now that you have helped him earn these Pegasus wings and seen him for who he is and helped honor him in these final moments, showing him like he's, it's so beautiful. The reflection in the eyes are really powerful between the two of you, just the, the deep gaze and seeing in each other's eyes. And, oh, I've got the, the biggest goosebumps. And um, so because it's something that you were able to give him, he wants to gift you more than anything, the gift of the Pegasus wings. And so what he's showing is you bring your body after healing, you meet him in your special place. And I don't know if that's galactic or if you have something in mind, but you meet him in your special place. He's going to take those wings and go like this. And it clears you of that energy. You have every ability to clear that energy yourself. Mm -hmm. yeah. You could set up those barriers. You could do it but it almost seems like his way to care for you. It's like when you go home to like a loved ones or, you know, what we would think of as like the perfect family where you go home, mom, will you make me soup? And, and she does not all of us had that relationship. I know, but that's kind of what he wants to gift you is that relationship of let me take care of you. Let me pamper you. Let me do this. So at the end of every day, you meet him in your special place. And with his Pegasus wings, he bats that all away and you guys talk and hang out um, he's your guy. He's, he's like a, a soulmate yeah. for you. Um, so he's, it's a beautiful connection. And just those eyes, just the, no, his eyes, I'll have yes. to send you a picture. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yay. 
Yeah. Thank you so much. He, um, he definitely, he didn't want to be a lawn ornament and he, you know, which it took a little, the way I receive messages is not like you do. It's more cellular. And and in dream time, he would come ahead of time and show me what was going to hurt next. But it took a while for the barn to realize, oh, she is communicating with him, you know? So um, thank you for that. Well, thank you for working with the horses. They're so strong, so powerful, but they can be vulnerable, you know? And it it takes um, a very gentle, deep, wise, loving soul for them to trust you with their vulnerability. So yeah, I feel like the all- enslavement and like enslavement and all these other issues have been a big thing that in my past that has also come up with them and on this particular piece of land and on our quest, all of us to be free and sovereign. It's been pretty intense, you know, and to go into a place where it's like I do unmounted activities and expressive arts with the people and as opposed to I don't ride, <laughs> um, but I'm trying to just grow into that place more solidly where I can say, you know, this is a really important piece. I mean, I say it, but I'm, I'm hoping that together and with Chardon's help and another horse pilgrim who crossed last year. So great. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you, Annie. So lovely to connect with you again. Oh, okay. so interesting. I'm just seeing here in the chat. My mother's middle name was Dorothea or Dorothea. And when I saw the name, it resonated and it seemed right for her. Beautiful. And someone else, oh, Florentine. Hello, Florentine. She says, uh, my dad was called Theodorus, Theo, gift from God, which I love because my nephew who was born on my same birthday, who's like my spiritual baby, my child, his name is Theo. So I love that now I know he was a gift from God. (laughs) Yay. Thank you, Florentine. (laughs) So Mary, um, if you can try and unmute again, I did get your question or comment in the chat, but let's give you another try because I know that you want to have a conversation with Denise. Nope, unfortunately, still can't hear you. Okay, so Mary mentions that it's a complicated question, uh, but she did share a little bit about it. Um, it has to do with training. She has spoken with you before about her golden retriever, Stella, barking at strangers and dogs when walking. Uh, If you could tap into Stella and see what is coming through, maybe we can kind of answer Mary's question. One thing that's coming through, Mary, is, of course, any of the traditional training advice that we went through still holds, you know, with our animal companions. They have, just like us, the physical, the emotional, the energetic, and the spiritual. Um, so any of the traditional training, we talked about the desensitization also about, you know, the, where's your buddy, that's going to be helpful. But what Stella's showing, which is interesting is she's seen multiples. Um, she's seen multiples of when people walk by, she doesn't only see them. She sees attachments. She sees, um, the energy that's surrounding them, almost like people have crossed that are still connected to them. She's seen a lot more than just the single human. So there's a lot going on, a lot that distracts her and a lot because it doesn't feel like it's all in the same um, energetic texture. It feels a little disconcerting. Um, So that's what she's showing when it comes to barking. It's like, I don't even know which one she's barking at. Is she barking at the 3D version of the person or at like what's kind of attached or what they're kind of streaming along with them energetically? Um, So what I would do, I would work with her around the eyesight So if you do any um, 
healing, or even if you don't set the intention, I'm just feeling into it. Um, see some purple coming through your hands and put them like around her head, like, but not touching just like around here, just to help streamline and say, we only, you only need to see what's going to be helpful for you in the moment. You have full choice to see or not to see what is here in the 3d plane and beyond. And what this kind of equates to is I'm kind of going back a little bit to when I was a kid and a lot of us probably had a similar experience where we might've seen, you know, ghosts or spirits, and we didn't have the full capacity or capability to understand or act on it. So we somehow, you know, we always talk about shutting down, but another loving entity comes and helps us kind of collapse that for the time being until we're ready to open it back up. Um, so it's almost like giving her that choice to kind of shut down that vision of things outside of this plane for the time being. Um, that's what's coming through, which super interesting. I've never heard any of like this come through with the pets, um, but it's, it's fascinating the things that, that they're able to share with us. So and it feels Mary, when we, when we, when you do give her that choice to kind of collapse it and shut it down into only seeing what's going on with the 3d, the traditional training will be more effective because you're only dealing with one visual stimulus, not all the energetic stuff that's kind of accordioned out of the people. Um, so yeah, give that a try and see how it goes. So hopefully that was helpful for you, Mary. Caroline, I will get to you shortly. There's a couple questions in the chat that I want to get to first. Um, let me go back up. Oh, and that's Mary. She just said, Denise, I talked to you from Washington, Arizona. I have her sit when barking. Is that you, Mary? Give me a thumbs up if it is. Okay, perfect. One thing I will say, if she sits while barking, that's actually pretty impressive. Asking a dog to physically harness all that energy and sit is asking them to do a lot in terms of impulse control. So you might find that a touch or an active command or kind of walking in figure eights so she can burn off that energy is more productive and calms her down um, more quickly. Um, but the fact that you're even getting her to sit is incredibly impressive. So you're doing fantastically with the training. Keep doing what you're doing. Let's layer in this energetic component. Add a little bit more of like motion to move through the barking and that energy. Um, usually just, you know, not in a straight line, usually kind of curves or, you know, randomly. That's helpful. And then they settle and they're focused on you again. So this is awesome. And I, I might even ask you, Mary, if you're starting to like see things like, have you seen energy? Are you picking up on energy in your home? Because it seems like there's a little bit of this commonality between you and Stella Rose as well. I love this. And while Mary answers, um, it looks like there's another question also where Christine says her dog Molly senses or her pet Molly senses energy and gets anxious. This happens with so many of our animal companions. And the reason I want to highlight this is during these energetic portals, kind of, you know, whether it's Lionsgate and Lionsgate's a big one. This is one where historically we've seen a lot of energetic transitions. A lot of pets, almost like waves kind of are moving on to the next dimension. They're disembodying. So there's a lot of activity um, going on around us. A lot of this like kind of whoosh energy going through. Um, 
when our animals are picking up on, on these kind of, you know, the veil is thin type type dates, work with them, do traditional commands, help ground them hands. One of my favorite things is hands to the heart, hand on the back, um, just to help ground them back into their body. Those are really helpful to just kind of ground them. Be like, I got you kiddo. We're good. I've got you little one all as well. And breathing. Our breathing is the number one way we signal to our animal companions that all is well. If I'm just like, we're good, we're good, we're fine. That's very different than all is well, we're good. And just breathing slowly to them is going to signal we are well. So the more breath work we can do to process the energy, the more it's going to help our pets. So that's, that's, um, that's great. Okay. And so Mary says, I do animal communication and healing. She's very in tuned. You work with us when she was younger. My two other goldens are in tune as well. I lost my oldest in April and she comes through daily. And I know my other two feel her. That's beautiful. So remind her, remind Stella Rose that when she, oh, Mary, of course, I know exactly who you are. Um, and so remind Stella Rose that um, when she shuts down that visual, um, that she still can choose to see her siblings as they come and visit. So give her that choice. Um, and I think that's going to be helpful. So beautiful. So lovely to have you, Mary, and see your face. It usually is mostly audio. <laughs> Great. All right. I'm going to hand it back to you, Daniel. You're, you're, so uh, I'm in the, your hands. The next uh, question is from Florentine, who is asking about Pixie. If there's anything that she wants to share and a little more information, Florentine shares that they are in the middle of a move. How does Pixie feel about that? As well, I know the time has come to level up my animal communication. She is my guide. Is there anything she wants me, she wants me to teach right now? Any She wants to teach her right now? Is there anything she wants me to teach right now? I'm not sure if that's I got her. the animal teaching her or Florentine no, I, I teaching others. Um, so Florentine, what she is saying is go back to the moon. Go back to the moon and the lunar cycles. There's something really big going on right now about understanding um, the Gregorian calendar versus the lunar calendar. Even simple things like if we think about the month of September, um, sept means seven, but in the Gregorian calendar, it's the nine month of the year, like something's off, right? Something doesn't match up because we kind of changed the days. We didn't go by the moon anymore. So for you, Florentine, there's something that Pixie is bringing through about going back to the moons. Um, I know that you, you, you did a lot of work with the moon earlier on. I don't know how that has translated through until today. But there's something about going back to the moons, the cycles, and helping people release trauma based on the lunar calendar. Um, so it's kind of going deeper into lightening people up, you know, the way that you do those bubbles for the soul, um, but using the lunar calendar more deeply. You had the full moons, you had that idea, but it didn't, you know, you had the, the helping people float up to higher vibrations and release denseness. Now it's matching the two based on the lunar calendar. So go deeper into that. Um, she says, you'll, you, you've got some ideas. So I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, leave it at that. Um, but that really feels powerful. I'm working with people. I think it's a 28 day 
I think the lunar calendars are 28 day months. So using that 28 container um, is going to be powerful. People, it's interesting because we're in Lionsgate where it's all about the sun, uh, but people need the balance of the moon too. Not everybody um, resonates with the brightness of the sun and, and the, the intensity of that light. Some people need the softer hues, more of that purple, more of that Lilith energy too, which is interesting. I don't know much about her, but she almost is like a patron for, for part of this work that you're doing. Um, so there's, there's something where she was misunderstood. So uh, I'll... Uh, I'll leave it at that, but some really exciting, beautiful work for you to share with others. Thank you. Yeah. And the, the main thing is church and moon has come up, but as well, uh, two and eight is 10. And to me, that's a beautiful number too. So thank you. Yeah. Beautiful. I'll to do that. Thank you, Dennis. Wonderful to speak to you. Thanks. Yes. And good luck on the move. How exciting. It is. Oh, I love that. I'm just looking here. Um, yeah, it's interesting. The X of Pixie came through too, and that's 24. Um, it's the 24th number of the alphabet. But um, X is, you know, number 10. X has so much symbolism too, right? Just as like a shape. So a lot coming through. I love it. You can hear a growling right now. So thanks. <laughs> Bye. I love it. Yay, Florentine. I'm so glad you continue to do your beautiful work. So lovely to see you here. So a couple little quick comments, and I'm, I'm sorry if I've missed other comments, but Sherry says, thank you, you're amazing. The three slash pyramid has been showing up everywhere. Incredible. Uh, Sherry then says, Bailey sends you a great big hug filled appreciation and me too. Um, and then the next question is from Danielle, who says, hi, Denise, my dog Daisy has been diagnosed with rabies vaccine vaccines. She is in the chat to everybody. If you want to read through it, it'll probably be faster than having me read it to you. Yeah, I'm reading it right now, but aggressively. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So bless little Daisy's heart. So it sounds like she had a reaction to the rat to the rabies vaccine and now is more barks aggressively and um, lunges toward other animals and has issues with impulse control, which I'm not a medical intuitive, but I will share with you what she's bringing through around this. So there's something really interesting, and, and this is going to take us on a roundabout journey. So bear with me here. There's something really interesting that it was the rabies vaccine, right? Because the rabies vaccine is to control this like insatiable behavior of needing to, you know, like attack and be aggressive. So there's something about like the systemic, like sweetening of the, you know, the female of that energy of, of Daisy um, that count, uh, was counterproductive or what's, I, I can't think of the word in English that kind of slapped back in, in unexpected ways. Um, the wagging of the tail, by the way, is that's anxiety. When the dog's tail wags, it's not always a happy wag. When it's kind of loose and their body's loose, like a big U, that's a happy wag. If it's like a windshield wiper, that's a lot of stress. So I imagine she's going like that and then barking aggressively. For Daisy right now, it's interesting because change of scenery is what comes through most strongly for her. So what I would say is, you know, 
keeping her indoors mostly, um, taking her to different places where she can interact with animals in a safe manner where there's barriers. So even if that looks like having her on leash and going to like a doggy park or somewhere where there's like a barrier and with a lot of room, giving her room to kind of sense them, sniff them, give her a treat, that's going to help from a traditional training standpoint. Energetically, they keep going back to that, like kind of like taking the wild out of the female. Um, so energetically, I would look into what that means to you. There's that beautiful um, song. I think it was like a, a song from the 60s, a, a movement of I am my mother's wild daughter. Uh, there's something there about the divine feminine coming back, being natural, being wild, being tenacious, being you know, fiercely protective of what she loves and really embracing that. Um, so that's, that's what she wants to share. And I think that's, that's incredibly beautiful and pertinent in this day and age, but I'd go a little deeper energetically around that as you do the traditional training and work with a vet, that will be a beautiful trivecta. So hopefully that was helpful. Uh, and we are now with Caroline if you want to unmute yourself and let me know if you are okay with me putting you on video. Must have stepped away. Okay, oh, sorry. Are. Yes, I'm here. Uh, yeah, you could put me on video. Okay. Not my best hair day, but that's okay. <laughs> it's hot and humid where most of us are. My hair's taking a, a dive for the worst too. You look Oh, great. you look good. <laughs> Denise, I just want to tell you how amazing you are. Oh my God, I love animals and I what you're doing. I I I'm, I want to say that you you're like divine to me. Anyways, thank you so much for doing all of this. Um, and what you just said about the wild divine feminine that is totally on point for this this period right now. That's what women need to do. We we want to take back our power, but we don't know how. But with the way you said it is so beautiful to like be wild and be wildly and fiercely protective of what we love or who we love. That is great. I really love that. Wow. So what uh, I wanted to know if my dog Gigi had a message for me. So she doesn't have any health issues or anything uh, or behavioral issues, but it just, just to know if she had any messages for me. I'm just tapping in here. So it's interesting because Gigi is, um, you know, we talk about the women being like fierce and instinctual and, you know, like doers and activists. And Gigi seems to be more of a philosopher, which is interesting. Um, so Gigi with you, her message to you is about having faith or her role in your life, by the way, I guess is a better way to, to <laughs> kind of position it, is teaching you to have faith. Um, in your role in the universe and in the timing of your role in the universe and in your community and in your family, because you have so much to offer and you do just by being you, you radiate um, energy, inspiration. It's interesting. The same way we were talking about the whirling dervishes kind of spinning. Um, your energy has a lot of centrifugal force that like uh, gives off little sparks, sparks of light. So where you go, sparks of light. Um, so it's about trusting that about yourself, that that is one of the most beautiful gifts that you give those around you, 
it's not necessarily what you tell them, what you do for them, what you kind of experience along their side. It's these little sparks because when you, your sparks go off, it catches and sparks them and gets them a little bit more excited and clear on, 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 uh, their purpose, on what they want, on what they need. And it gives them a little more courage. Um, so that's what Gigi is saying is having faith in your role in the community, the universe, and what you do to inspire others. It's not something outwardly necessarily. It's something that is just innate. It's part of who you are and how you were designed to bring higher vibrations to this world. Um, So it's interesting because Gigi just seems very quiet when I connect with her in that way. Very kind of subtle, whereas your energy is a bit more, you know, so (laughs) the the subtlety of the... uh, the connection. Sometimes our yin is our yang, right? That's how we become soulmates. Do you connect with uh, passed away pets? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I wanted to know if my dog Theo. I have a dog that was named Theo, and he was the like the one my the love of my life. And if he had anything to say, or if he had any connection with Gigi or anything. So he does not have a connection with Gigi. Sometimes we see that they're soul litters, you know, where they're literally very similar or they bring the other or, you know, they're cut from the same cloth. They feel different. Um, Theo, let me just tap into that. Theo was more about helping you open up to telepathic energy around you. So, you know, channeling galactic messages, messages from others, kind of opening up more of your empathic channels is what he's saying. Um, that's why he, he did feel like such a soulmate because he opened up your heart to receive more energy. So when you were around him, you always felt full of love because not only were you getting it from him, but you're getting it from all those around you because you're more open. Um, so he still remains with you. Interestingly, he shows me on your right hand side at your feet a lot. Um, so he still remains with you. Um, and whenever he's there, your heart expands and opens. So he's that reminder to open and expand your heart because as much as you give off those sparks, you need to receive that deep love. You deserve to receive that deep love that you felt with Theo in every aspect, phase, and moment in your life. So if you're feeling a little down, a little cut off, a little disconnected, a little overwhelmed, see Theo on your right-hand side by your feet and just open and just receive it receive it back just <laughs> replenish like a battery i love that beautiful thank you thank you i feel so blessed thank you oh my gosh well thank you for for joining and sharing this with us and i'm loving all the theos i gotta go and like hug my nephew after this i gotta drive over to my sisters <laughs> so thank you caroline uh the next question is from sherry or cherry uh Timestamp is 1541 or 341 on my side. If you want to find the question, there's a couple names there. Um, I don't want to mispronounce the Tokitai or however that is. Oh, I'm not sure who these are. There's an orca named Tokitai and Lolita. I'm not familiar with that story, but um, I'm assuming it's it's an orca with the name Tokitai, a.k.a. Lolita. Um, so let me try to tap into at the very least Orca energy. You know, we, we started off in the beginning of the conversation talking about how collective, um, energy of the animals in the wild have a lot of power, a lot of, um, insight for us. This is a perfect example where an Orca 
comes into our, our news headlines or comes into our awareness and they kind of carry in a personification of that collective animal energy. So I love this, that the orca are coming through. Um, one example of it that also comes through that wants to kind of be adjoined to this orca energy is the, if you guys recall that uh, whale who had a baby and it, it didn't survive or a calf, I guess, and it was mourning um, and, and um, the baby was alongside her for like a month or something, maybe 28 days, Florentine, something to look into about that. Um, but she wants to come through as well as we tap into the message of the orca. So the orca is coming in. And what's really interesting about the energy of the orca that, that they want to share is that nothing is black and white, right? It's all about how we view things, um, how our, the positioning and our perspective as we're viewing any situation, whether it's for ourselves or what's going on with the animals, um, and what they're bringing in particular is this notion of endangered species and, you know, whether or not you believe in, you know, species being endangered or if you're, you know, however you feel about it. One thing that they want to say is um, when we're looking at this notion of endangered species, there's this fear that they'll disappear. And what they're communicating is they're not disappearing. They're actually going into the next realm. <laughs> they're going into the fifth dimension, into the sixth dimension. So the fact that they're no longer here available physically in the 3D doesn't mean that their energy is not available to us. Case in point, they're saying dragons, unicorns, um, a lot of different animals that have crossed over that we thought are mythical at one point actually were physically available and adjoined with us. So when we're connecting with the animal kingdoms, when we're looking at animals in the wild, when we're concerned about, you know, the, the condition of one particular one or them disappearing from this earth, know that they're just up leveling and moving on to the next. Um, this is also what happened to Atlantis and Lemuria. It's not that it sunk or disappeared. It just kind of went boop, and now it's in a higher dimension and anchored in a lower dimension. It's just, we can't see it because we're right here. Um, we can't physically tap in, but we can definitely sense it. Same thing with animals and going extinct. So that's, that's a message they want to share, not something that I've heard before, but interesting. <laughs> we, learn, we learn a lot through our animal companions. So the next question comes from Christine, who says, there are two questions. Do any of my childhood cats come through with messages? And can you tell us where our dog Molly got her scars? Also, Molly senses energy and gets very anxious. Is there a way we can help her better? when this happens. Christine, can you unmute because we have no names for your childhood cats. Hi, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Um, I had a cat named Basbo who was very close to me. Um, and actually, um, Basbo, <laughs> my daughter's intuitive and, um, Basbo was the, the, the kind of thing that we realized that we had a, a daughter with um, different abilities because she told us when Basbo was going to pass on. Um, she was about 18 months and came to us and told us that Basbo was tired and wanted to go home. Um, and the next day she left us. So um, I just kind of, she was a very special cat. And I just wondered if she ever um, pops around at all um, or my cat Kitty or Louie. And then I have a very uh, special dog who's here in the present with me, um, but we 
we rescued her and she has a lot of scars on her body. And we were just kind of curious as to um, how, how that might've happened, what her life before us was like. Thank you. So Basbo, um, to, to start answering the question, is with you and interestingly sits on your daughter's right shoulder, almost like that, you know, the angel and the devil things, because it looks like a miniature version of itself. It's almost like a parrot. Um, so Basbo is absolutely around you guys because it's incredibly tied into your, your daughter. Um, there's that movie, The Golden Compass with Nicole Kidman, which speaks to little kids and how they have. I forgot what they were called demons, I think is, is the word that they were given, which were their little spirit guides that were animals and they would shift and change um, until a certain age and then they would stick. And so Basbo, if you want to watch that movie, um, that's kind of what Basbo looks like and feels like with your daughter. Um, so I love that. And with Molly, so let me check in with Molly. Mm. So while Denise is checking in, Christine, I'm unmuting you because of the echo. So as Denise is speaking, it's echoing through your computer. So that's why I keep on muting you. Thank you. With Molly, there's something really interesting where she doesn't, it, it, it's confusing to me. And I'll, ha I'll tell you the conversation I had with Molly. Um, it's confusing to me because Molly does not want to tell us how she got her scars. And so I was like, but then why did we choose to have scars? Because scars mean there's a story to tell. Um, and she just, she's very tight lipped about it. She doesn't want to share about it. She wants you to know that she's been through a lot. She's seen a lot of different sides of people, of animals that weren't so kind, but that now that she's safe in a home, she wants this to be a new chapter and a new story. Um, but she doesn't want, she wants people to know that she's had multiple experiences. Um, so whether that is something that is, she uses to kind of create safe boundaries or to kind of have people who also might have emotional scars feel more connected to her. That's what it's about. She doesn't want to go into the backstory of how she got the scars, but she's telling me that the scars are helping people connect with her who also have scars and can feel the love and see that she's, you know, she's gone on the other side of it. Now she has a family, she has, you know, she's able to move through this. And I know that she's got that anxiety. It does not have to do with the scars. It has to do with more of like what she's picking up on in the energy and what's going on. So if we can do grounding for her, that's going to be helpful. Um, she's saying, if you need to put hands on her, mostly on her heart, not on her back. Um, but that's, that's what she wants to share about that. So hopefully that was helpful, Christine. I'm conscious of the time. I know that there's a few questions that we still, uh, I would love to be able to get through. Um, so let me see. The next question is from Bev, who says, my 11-year-old rat terrier has been diagnosed with heart failure. Am I doing everything that he needs or wants? Oh, my goodness. So where was that written? Daniel, do you, can you give me a timestamp on that one? Sorry. Yes, I was muted. 53 minutes. Okay. So this is from Bev. Okay. So a lot of times when our animal companions get diagnosed with something um, like heart failure, it gives us a little bit of time to 
get used to and acclimate to their energy um, and have these moments with them. And in these moments with them, as they, you know, kind of move, move into kind of ease into the next chapter of their life. And he's, you know, I'm not seeing that it's, you know, tomorrow or in two months, like they don't give me a time frame. but he's just saying in this part, you know, in the wind down phase in this chapter, it's all about connecting and setting up agreements of how is the best way for him to reach you when he's no longer in the physical body. So attuning to his energy, playing hide and seek with him almost is, is something that, that he's saying. So if you're doing the dishes, for example, take a moment and feel into where you think he is and then go check that place. Um, because in these moments, what he's doing is helping you feel him more deeply, hear him even when he's not there. This is the kind of um, uh, learning to adjust so that when he's no longer here physically, you can still feel him, communicate with him and know he's there. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Oh, and we're holding you in our heart. We know that this is always a tricky time when we're dealing with physical, you know, ailments and that kind of thing. But one thing that's also helpful that has come through in several readings with animal companions is they don't feel pain when they're letting go of their body. They don't have the same attachment that we have to our body. So if it is painful, they're able to dissociate. Um, so, you know, that, that's something that uniquely our animal companions can do that tends to give pet parents a little bit of um, comfort knowing that they're not going to go through that intense pain. Great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Then the next question is from Kelly. Any advice from my pack on my sleep disturbances? Mm-hmm. Um, so Kelly, I love that you're having sleep disturbances actually, um, because what's coming through is a lot of your Orion connection. Um, so they are coming in, they're working with you. It's, it's a, uh, it's a time zone issue. <laughs> the Orion, um, people they're on it, they're on more of a nightly schedule. Um, a lot, you know, a lot of the reason why the owls were so strongly, um, representing them for you. So their sleep schedules are different than yours. So have a conversation with the Orion people and be like, listen, guys, all right, if you need to do nighttime, that's cool, but we can do, you know, 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Or we can do 5 a.m. to, you know, 6 a.m. Whatever you decide works, set that tone with them. It's the Orion people working with you and they're just more nocturnal. Um, and they're just working when, when they're usually working. So set those limits with them. Um, or you could also create a, an interesting kind of work schedule plan where maybe you're up later one night during the week or something like, so set those parameters because it's, it's the Orion folk that are, um, that are working with you. Excellent. And then Don asks, does my pet dog Bella have a message for me? Mm. So when we have those kind of open-ended questions, they're not as powerful. So, I, you know, I, I definitely would say if you have, if you're asking for a message, what do you want to, you know, give me a question. Um, but let's tap in and see what, what Bella has to say. And so Bella says that she, she watches you often, um, especially in the morning when you're like looking in the mirror, you might be like putting on your makeup or whatever. She sits and watches you. 
Um, she says she just likes that, that moment. She likes seeing you kind of, you know, like start your day, brush your teeth, you know, get your hair sorted. Um, and so that's what she wants you to know. She's still there. She's still present. She's still checking in. And it seems like your relationship isn't right now. Isn't like earth shattering. She's not like bringing downloads to you. She's just really enjoying being around you in those small moments throughout your day, which is really sweet. And the next question um, is from someone timestamp 11 minutes. Uh, I don't want to read out the name because it's been asked not to do video or audio. The question is, is my dog Bella, my reincarnated cat, Cece? Interesting. A lot of Bellas. Um, hmm. So your dog Bella is not your reincarnated cat, Cece, but they are tied together. So what happens is um, Bella has a flexible enough energetic kind of bandwidth that she allows Cece to kind of join in and like uh, do a little mini walk-in and then pop out. Um, so that's why you're feeling that, that like, oh, Cece, are you there? It's because Bella allows her, like they had like a, an agreement before that Bella would allow her to kind of come in and take over and then pop out. Um, and sometimes our anim animal companions allow us to do this. Um, because they're not as attached to their physical bodies, you know, they're okay. If a little energy comes in, they step out for a second or they share the space and then they, they pop in and out. It's almost like a taxi. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cute. Actually. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that. Um, and so there's a lot of thank yous. You're amazing. Um, I, I will, uh, you know, send you the chat afterwards so you can read all of these. Um, in the last five minutes, um, thank you guys all for the questions. If there's anything that you would like to work with Denise directly, please reach out to her. Um, she, I agree with everyone. She is amazing. And um, if you can talk to us about how to reach you and about your special invitation, and then we can kind of go from there. Yeah. Well, if anybody wants to go deeper, uh, my website is petfrana.com and um, on Instagram, I'm on there as at petfrana. And every first Friday of each month, we do Instagram lives where you can hop on, ask your question. It's just a fun way to connect. And for, you know, special offer for, for this audience, I'm inviting people to join something that's not available, you know, like um, it's only part of a membership but I'm opening it up to you guys. It's an invitation to join us the first Tuesday of September. Um, I think it's September 6th. So it's like the full, the first full week. Um, and what we do is we hop on, we do a live zoom and we pull animal Oracle cards. And so we have like four decks. I asked you which deck you want to pull through. Um, we pull animal Oracle cards for the group and then we pull it individually for everybody joining. So it's a lot of fun. It's super interactive. If you like pulling Oracle cards, we ask you to pull them for the group as well. And it's an opportunity for us to get together as a soul pack and just learn what the upcoming month is kind of setting up for you, for your animal companions, for the soul pack. And it's just a, a fun opportunity to connect. Beautiful. And so with that, let me put my pin back on so that my face appears on the video. Uh, so thank you for everything that you've shared with us. Um, hopefully, and this is a learning for me as well, hopefully next time you and I can have a chat about your extensive awareness and knowledge of who we are as spiritual beings and our relationship with animals. 
as much as I love hearing the relationship between people that are asking individual questions of their animals, there's a lot that you have to offer beyond just that. And I would love to tap into that in, in our next conversation. So I'm learning from this so that next time you and I have a conversation for half an hour, and then we turn it over to, to the listeners for, for them to have their, their readings from you. So um, thank you so much for being part of this project. Um, I look forward to our future conversations. Um, and my, um, my question to you being an invitation to put you on the spot is going to have to wait until another time. <laughs> oh my goodness well thank you for creating this platform for all of us this is so much fun and it's so special to be able to get together and i actually love how each of the animals brought through something for you know their pet parent but i think all i mean at least i related to every single of these messages and i always get so much out of the messages that our animal companions bring through so this was perfect this group was amazing thank you for sharing your pets with us your questions because odds are, if you have a question or you're receiving a message, it benefits all of us. Absolutely. And when we dive higher, so can our pets. So absolutely. thank you for being a part of this and kind of shaping the conversation. I absolutely agree. And and I don't want to disregard the, the questions that were asked and the value of the answers that came through. Because there is definitely, there's a recognition when we hear the answers that are specific to an individual something resonates within us and we're like oh yeah yeah that makes sense and so there's a lot of value in that as well um so thank you guys all um and um i will see you in about half an hour at the top of the hour with Catherine flynn and denise thank you again awesome. for being here i will talk to you soon and i will leave you guys with being spirit being human and simply being from love Bye-bye. Thank you for being part of this incredible experience. We hope that this session has inspired a new level of understanding within you, allowing you to expand more easily into the essence of your true self and become an even more powerful alchemist in your own life. We invite you to listen to the session again and again in order to go deeper each time and expand even more. Have it be via the replays or the unlimited access package. If you have enjoyed being part of this event, we invite you to tell your friends so that they can join us in the future. We are grateful that you are here and we thank you for co-creating this experience with us. Until next time, we leave you with being spirit, being human, and simply being from love.